For all of our bonus episodes and premium content, become a member over at patreon.com slash watchwhatcrappens. That's patreon.com slash watchwhatcrappens. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at whatcrappens. On Instagram and Facebook, at watchwhatcrappens. We'll see you there. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Christy Wowardy Dowardy. Kelly Rar Barlow. Our kind of mess saying, just saying. Megan, you can't have a burger without the burg. And also our super premium sponsors. Our lucky little grandtopper, Kelly Grant. And Lizzie Drucker. She's a fine mother f- We love you guys. Hello and welcome to the Watch What Crappens podcast, the podcast about all that crap we just love to talk about on Yo Bras. I'm Ronnie Carroll from Ben's Bed. What? In this hotel room in Houston where I'm laying down. Scandalous. <laughs> Ronnie and I are sharing a bed, but we're above the covers and we're actually in a head-to-toe formation. That's Ronnie Karam from TrashTalkTV.com and also the Rose Pricks Bachelor Podcasts. And that's Ben Mandelker of the B-Side Blog and the Banter Blender. And now Texas. Yeah. Um, our normal podcast opening is a little different today because we're in a different state, uh, both in terms of geographically and mentally, I would say, <laughs> um, because uh, we are in Houston, Texas. We have a show tomorrow night at um, uh, Warehouse Live. We're going to talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, dinner party from hell. Um, it's going to be a great, great show. We actually still have tickets available, so go to watchercrappens.com. No, stop saying that. Just say it's sold out, and then from now on, we'll just say, it was sold out. It was sold out. Yeah, prove me wrong. But a few people didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> like a busload. We're actually like it. We're, at, we're actually very close to selling out, so we could probably make that live, just get, make that fib. Um, but I'm not here to shill our Houston show. I'm here yeah, to tell it's everyone. it's over by the time your ass is hearing this, people. Yeah. It's well, over. You're like, Houston, what? Well, they Houston may, so they yesterday. Listened to it before it. So this is a rare Ben and Ronnie in-person podcast. And we are right now uh, reclined on my hotel bed. We're at the Aloft Hotel in downtown Houston. Yeah, they're like, look, it's Aloft. But it smells like Febreze. It's Febreze spray, right? A loft can smell like Febreze. There's no reason to use the butt conjunction. No, because lofts smell like, I don't know, old art. It smells like artists. Like, <laughs> old art. <laughs> it smells like earthy artists. Starving artists. This smells like people sprayed Febreze into the carpet. Now, mm. that's not to diss the whole hotel. I love the space in here. It's very nice. It's like we're in a business person's, a traveling business person's hotel that makes them feel trendy. <laughs> yeah, it's a business person who's like, but I also am artistic. And yeah. It's like, no, you're not. You're just staying at this weird hotel. They don't have room service here, which is fine. Um, but we did wind up nabbing two free ice cream sandwiches from the lobby, which was really um, great. That's what it's like being hot, okay? <laughs> because you're supposed to pay for those. And he's like, hey, guys, if you want anything, just get them and bring them up to the desk. And yeah. so we did. And then he was like, oh, you guys. Well, he was also, there. he was like on the phone and there was a guy who was waiting to be, like there was a guy waiting there to be helped. So it was like the last thing that this guy could deal with was I, us saying, hey, we need to pay for our ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. He's like, just 
just take them. It's fine. Because he knows that we'll split that room charge, too. Yeah. Like, Ben's paying for his, and I'm paying for mine. Split them on the room charges. <laughs> Double the computer. You know they charge, like, $7 for each of those ice cream sandwiches, which were delicious, but they were also, like, the skinny kind that are, like, more of the shape of, like, a thick hot dog as opposed to, like, yeah, they like were a like rectangular. Yeah, they were, like, these wide. are only three points. And you're like, yeah, because it's, like, as big as my thumb. Like, who are you tricking? Not yeah. me, ma'am. And then the, the guy who was trying to check in, Ronnie thought he was, like, a bellhop or something. He's like... What, what did you ask him? I said, do you work here? Because he I don't know. I was going to say thank you. And also, what's upstairs? And why are there lights yeah, it was on the escalator? Right. You wanted to know about the escalator. Because when we walked in the hotel, you, you just gravitated towards the escalator. You were like, okay. And you started, you started heading towards the escalator for no reason. Because that's what escalators are for. You go up them. But the ice cream we sandwiches are on the first floor. <laughs> it's like, look, it's just we just got this. It'll look more lofty. Like, who yeah. puts an escalator? So then Ronnie turns to this guy and he goes... Uh, I'm sorry. What are the where do the where do the escalators lead to? And then the guy sort of looked at him and around goes, "Do you work here?" He goes, "No." He goes, oh, "Okay." And then you, and then you thanked him. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> and afterwards, you were like, you're "Like I still thanked him as if he worked there." <laughs> I know. I was like, "Thank you." Could you please take this bag up to my house, <laughs> up to my loft? Up to your house. He's moved in. Yeah. So, so since it's Top Chef Day, um, we were like, "Hey, we just got to Houston." Let's go pig out at some amazing oh, yeah. Mexican place. Oh, my yeah. God, you guys, we eat so much food. That's why I sound like this. We went to a place good. called like um, Irma's Southwestern Grill, which had like Bible verses on the flashing LED sign out front. So at first I was like Isaiah something or other. But you know what? The grackles outside were so loud, and I was afraid I was going to get shat on. I was like, I'm just going to go in the restaurant. because well, this, is so te- this is such a Texas-y trip, okay? Yeah. Okay. So we're at this loft place, which isn't very Texas-y. First no. of all, Houston, wow, it looks really nice. Yeah. I don't remember really it being nice. so nice. It's really pretty. But we go out. We're down the block from a prison. <laughs> okay, a federal yes. prison. Yes. And outside, there's like a thousand, I'm not even kidding, grackles. A thousand grackles. So I took bad. a photo of the grackles earlier tonight. Yeah, and we talked about grackles a couple of years ago because there were all these yeah. news stories in Texas about how the grackles are like attacking people and mm-hmm. attacking other yeah. birds and yeah. like horrible things. So they're outside the prison. It's like the bird. It's like a movie. And then what else was there? Oh, there's Bible. <laughs> the grackles like, only come at night. <laughs> grackle, grackle, toil and plackle. They're a little too unbroken, if you ask me. I'll break those birds. <laughs> See if they'll come to mama. But there's Bible verses everywhere you turn. Okay. We passed like 10 churches, which, you know, I'm used to it because I'm from Texas. So I'm just used to that. But Ben's like, really? Another one? <laughs> and then there's a preacher across the street. And now they've learned to cuss. Yeah. And, so he's like, and then you're going to sin. And then you're going to go up to heaven. And God's going to be like, fuck, I don't want to hang out with you. I'm like, well, now they can say the F word. Yeah. And then we passed a church after the prison and then we got to the restaurant and it's like Isaiah once said crack the corn of the unicorn and the boar's head is a boar's head <laughs> I, know. I was head. like I'm, <laughs> you know so there was like church verses but it wasn't just like that there was like a church verse there was still, it was a bible verse and it wasn't just like it was a bible verse it was literally they had a display outside like like it was in the a middle of a baseball sign. stadium a lit up yeah. sign it was like in las vegas yeah like, it's oh, like oh it's the girl come for our tacos by the bells stripping yeah. in a whatever yeah but we just had to go in there anyway, and then Fox News was playing on all the TVs, which is hilarious. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I was like, oh, we are in Texas. Um, <laughs> so first order of business, we got queso, which I really enjoyed, although you were feeling like it was the white I man's queso. I was scared because that's just some melted Velveeta. Yeah, which, that was great. You're the, yeah. one who, you're the one who brought me back to Velveeta, by the way. 
I know, because remember, you were horrified. Cheese. As you should be. But Velveeta I is mean, not meant to be cheese. made as just Velveeta. It's meant to be a melting agent. It was a melting agent. I felt like I felt like a lot of things were melted. But we had a delicious dinner. A delicious Tex-Mex. Did you mean to serve me melted Velveeta? Did you mean to have... Gail, get your head out of the queso. <laughs> she hears Velveeta. It's like a homing beacon. <laughs> oh, Gail. Um, so we had a delicious dinner. And we came oh, back to the yeah, hotel. But we only said the bad part. The rest of it was amazing. Ben ate wild game. He ate boar, kangaroo, giraffe, an <laughs> elephant a, tusk. I had a giraffe tamale. <laughs> no, um, there was like a wild game, um, a wild game side of the menu, and then like a, a Mexican side of the menu. And I decided to get a wild game combo because you know I love my games. Get it? <laughs> get it? Um, and, but we sort of split it. We want to have these. By the way, as I'm speaking, my mouth is so dry from dinner right now. I'm like, isn't that weird? I was getting cotton mouth too, and I'm not even on. Drugs. I have full cotton mouth. I have full cotton mouth in the loft. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, just oh, laying water. water. We're both laying in bed. <laughs> I'm parched. <laughs> I'm parched water. in the loft. This I is brought a crazy water episode. Here. I brought water in the. This is the most comfortable episode you've ever done. There. Yeah, your it's water's back there. there. Okay. Can I say something, though? Uh, I'm in the middle of a musical about my water, Ben. We also, by the way, uh, we stopped to do an Instagram story to capture the grackles, I think. (laughs) And we stopped, like, right in front of the entrance to this prison. And we were there for so long that all of a sudden the intercom started speaking to us. They're like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Like, you're not... (laughs) They thought we were trying to break out a prisoner or something like that. We're, like, the worst. We're, like, the two (laughs) gay guys from prison. Like, how do we get back in here? No, because I think I said... I thought I heard voices. They totally broke us out of prison. Now now who are we supposed to date? Let us back in. I thought I heard voices in the prison. So I was like, wait. I hear voices from on the other side of the wall. I was like, is it real prison? That was fucking creepy out there, okay? It was the grackles. Like... (laughs) The grackles are really. The guys like. It's like two different kinds of species just barking at each other. And we're in the middle doing Instagram stories. <laughs> so anyway, we made our way back to the hotel, and, and we who just yells wa- at somebody in front of a prison. If you if you're gonna yell at me, come outside and yell at me. I'm not afraid of you. I ain't in prison. Stop yelling at me. Why are you issuing? You? Why are you issuing a challenge to prison guards? Because now like, I'm pissed. Now I'm mad Texas that somebody was like giving me shade over a prison intercom instead of just. <laughs> it's like it's like we were at the gates trying to sell Girl Scout cookies yeah. in Beverly Hills. You well, know we were. What I mean? Well, they don't like people who malinger. You know. Well, then don't put such a sign. They had a huge sign that said <laughs> "Federal of <laughs> Corrections." It was like a standard size sign. It wasn't. It was huge. Listen, Jill, there. Don't put on such a sign. And you also, what a lovely prison. I mean, it was really nice looking. It looked like the one in downtown LA. It looked no, really? Yeah. Oh, well, both nice lovely, job, LA. both very lovely cosmopolitan nice. prisons. It's across from like a beautiful, like it's so pretty down here, and there's just a prison. And then above that, it was like, no smoking or guns. I'm like, okay, now you're putting us both in the same place. Like, come on. <laughs> um, we, there was also, um, there's a store across the street called, um, let's see if I can remember what it was called. It was like, it was like Shoots and Boots or Boots and Shoots. Oh, we love our rhymes. Yeah. So anyway, before we jump into this Top Chef uh, recap of the finale because we are actually here to ostensibly do an episode. Um, I want to say that earlier this week we launched a goofy little contest on Instagram uh, to win this board game called Castell. Ronnie's doing the cycle. No, no, this has a Ronnie, you motherfucker. No, you cannot do that to me. I'm kidding. No, here's why. I'm no, here actually, no, here's why, I'm Ronnie, because I don't you. think you've been paying attention to this contest, have you? Yes. Okay, he's lying. <laughs> 
For those of you who don't remember, uh, we're giving away a board game called Castell, and a Castell is like a human tower from Spain. And we asked people to start making photoshops of human towers with Bravo stars if they want to, if they want to win this contest. And you have to include the hashtag hashtag #wwcrappins hashtag Crappins game hashtag Play Renegade because it's from Renegade Games, and you got to at us. So we've actually we've already uh-huh. had some hilarious entries like <laughs> i couldn't believe how good the entries were and i actually regrammed them and it has like 500 likes on them so people are like taking to it they're liking yeah, it right on they're looking good they're hilarious it's like looking at um what's that famous painting by Raphael? that's like this the i'm stupid school of philosophy or something like also, that Also, i'm staring at like stencils of new york city or is that houston <laughs> Look, those are tower towers, Ben. Those are those are those building, those are towers. Actual building towers. The point is this: bed. the point is this. We already have some really hilarious submissions, and um, uh, just if you want to do it, go do it because it's so funny. I can't wait to see what other people are doing as well. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a maz. It'll be a maz. It's a fun game to win. Um. Okay. So now, guess what we're gonna do, guys? So we. Were I don't like, know. Do you want me to give you the symbol? Say, hurry it up, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> hurry it up, Ronnie. Get to I was, it. I was doing the wrap it up. Because Ben was like, it's going to be cool because I like when we get to see each other. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, because I don't want to see what you're doing during the podcast. You're probably doing this like the whole time making blowjob symbols like, oh, no, absolutely not. Like making a smelly thing like, whoa, that's a first. That's a first of a a statement you just made. (laughs) I'm just doing things to annoy you because I can see you in real life and you can see me. Isn't it fun? Uh, jury is out. This could be our final <laughs> podcast. Don't say that. We're too close to a prison. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, anyway. I'm kidding. I love you and all your photos. It's it's fine. It's fine. I wanted to thank the people who've already participated <laughs> in this contest. You know why and being you a were bitch? just shaming it. <laughs> no, you know why I'm being a bitch? Just because. <laughs> no, no reason. It's just really fun. I'm like half exhausted and half having the time of my life at the same time. Well, good And news. also I'm sleeping at your feet like a fucking dog. This is really weird. I'm like laying down at your feet. Well, that's just great. staring up at you. Let's talk. Let's talk Top Chef. No. No, you've made this creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we also have we also have because um, we're we are recording this on Thursday night. So we, we almost forgot that we actually also have um, Crappin's mailbag after Top Chef. So we have a full show to do. Oh, yeah. And then we have to go watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, dinner oh, party yeah. from hell for tomorrow wow. night. Hey, the work but- never ends. I'll tell you one thing. Work never ends when it's play. No, Get it? Guys. It's not a joke. That's why you didn't laugh. Okay, guys. Padma, right now on the finale, it's Fat Joe and Laberna Dan. Who worked at Laberna Dan? They both worked at esteemed kitchens of other people we'll never shut up about. Eric Repair, Samuel Mitchelson. What's his name? Michelson. <laughs> Samuel Markelson, <laughs> Michelson. Neither. What's, Neither. His, what's his name? Marcus Samuelson. Marcus Samuelson, <laughs> who cheats on us on Chopped all the time. But we don't care, apparently, because we keep ha- having him back and all of his interns. What's with those guys? They're always on this show. Marcus is always on Chopped. Does that guy even go to the kitchen anymore? Does he have a job? <laughs> I didn't know you had so many impassioned feelings about Marcus Samuelson. You know, it was a straw that broke the camel's back. I'm like, him again? Again. Why is it always him? Chefs. <laughs> Chefs, we're here at the Top Chef finale. So the episode opens up um, with Adrian 
Uh, we're seeing like a little bit of both their journeys sort of in this flashback. Previously on this season of Top Chef, Gail ate things. What a surprise. <laughs> Previously on Top Chef, Gail murdered an entire family of rabbits and wore it like it was prom. <laughs> Previously on Top Chef, Gail lost her purse in a Sub-Zero refrigerator. <laughs> She tried to climb in and thought there was a door to another dimension back there. Previously on Top Chef, Gail got 18 weeks off because I hit a Ben and Jerry's at the bottom of a well. <laughs> Previously on Top Chef, Gail made an impassioned speech on behalf of Purple Stuff. You know, in the Sunny D commercials? Someone's got to stand up for the Purple Stuff, she said. Sure, Gail. <laughs> I needed this memory this memory spot to be narrated by Laberna Dan and her journals. I wanted it to be like Sex in the City, where she's like, well, you know, sometimes you don't really know what you're going to do, and then sometimes you realize you're just a southern chef, and you have been this whole time. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're jumping in this pool a little too deeply. I know. You've been a southern chef for like five minutes. Calm I down. couldn't help but wonder, am I sous vide, or is my vide just suing me? <laughs> Like, uh, Adrian, I think you have to work on your Sex in the City work. Your Carrie Bradshaw. Live in La Vida Sue, am I right? I'm such a Carrie. <laughs> I'm Carrie! Oh. Anyone who says they're a Carrie is really a Samantha. I've never known someone who's been like, I'm a Carrie, who's really a Carrie. Uh, has anyone ever said that they're a Miranda or a Charlotte? I'm probably a Charlotte. I mean, I'm not as cute, but I'm as dumb. And I cry a lot. I feel like I'm a screensaver. So <laughs> it's like, what are you on Sex City? I'm her screensaver. Just sort of there, maybe. You know who's really um, a Miranda in real life? I think Sarah Cynthia Jessica Nixon. Parker. Oh. In real life. Not on the well, show. She's obviously. probably very much a Miranda. In the real life, yeah. She's she's kind of an asshole, I think, in real yeah, life. Yeah, probably. So um, uh, so yeah, we, we're seeing Adrian's journey, and she's like, I'd like to create elevated southern cuisine. And when she said elevated, they cut to Gail eating food at the top of the mountain that one time. <laughs> I just imagine Gail being elevated. My God. My God. I like that they said that right after they were like, both of these chefs are from Chicago. Whoa. Both of them. She's like, oh, yeah, Southern cuisine. That's in my soul. <sighs> I don't know why <laughs> I'm suddenly on... mad because I really want her to win. We have to work on her ge ge geography. I almost said geometry. But she could probably work on her geometry, too. Well, people from she Chicago could work on her are allowed to and make her and her... <laughs> geometry. She could, like, maybe she needs to work on her vertical angles. Yeah, vertical. maybe geometry would help more. Maybe yeah. she would be a geometric cook. The, the shortest point, the, short, the shortest way between two line, between points is, is a line. Yeah, and she needs to know that. Know that. So Do anyway, something with octagons, and then get back to me about your southern. <laughs> Chefs, for your quick fire, we want you to cook in an octagon. You're Surely you're good at geometry, right, Adrian? <laughs> your special, your special ingredient is a protractor, chef. <laughs> you're gonna use that to skate to scoop it all into Gail's mouth. Am I right? Bless her heart. <laughs> Ronnie Oh my god Just kidding Protractors have holes in them <laughs> So um, I yep. feel so much better But I'm still like Hacking up lungs When I laugh too That's because we're so. making Protractor jokes About Padma and Gail I know So uh, You know who I feel Really bad for <laughs> Gail <laughs> um, No one has mentioned That poor Alaska chick Since she left Remember how she's like I Oh guys I, I'm I can do something with the moose. One time we found him outside behind my car and I just made breakfast out of him. You know, and they're like, that bitch is crazy. And she's like, I miss my son. And she, she had, hasn't gotten to, yeah. to go back home? 
I don't think so. She had to die so that way Carrie could start becoming Carrie. Because Carrie sucked until the Alaskan lady went away. And then once the Alaskan lady was gone, Carrie was like, I'm making an oven out of snow. You know? <laughs> she like took on, she did everything the Alaskan lady was, we were hoping she'd be like. Yeah, there can't be too many ladies with leg hair in one competition or it just ruins yeah. everything. <laughs> So anyway, so the episode, once the recaps are over, we, we find the chef standing still in front of Padma and Tom from last week. And Padma, Padma goes, I want both of you to really savor and enjoy this moment because you both deserve it. Sort of like watching Gail eating a Charleston chew. Just take your time. Enjoy it. Don't break any teeth, guys. I want you to both savor this moment and really taste it deeply. The way that Gail is tasting that future whipped cream on a spoon, chocolate chips that she's eating in her mind right now. Right, Gail? Right. She's still working on a lolly I gave her last week. (laughs) Tom's like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take all of your experiences here, roll them up, and, uh, you know, make something rolly out of them. And they're like, whoa, what a challenge. (laughs) I want this to be an Alaska moose lady tear taco. Let's okay. make a uh, ba- baked Alaskan and then tell the Alaskan. Remember we had a Alaskan person on this season? No. <laughs> Ronnie. Ronnie is going to die. What if I die? I'm seeing his face. It's like weird things are I happening. I should get up and like move around. No, no, no. no. You look very relaxed. Ronnie is reclining on his side. I look like the blueberry girl from Willy Wonka. He's turned the bolster into a pillow. <laughs> so I want to be respectful of your clean pillows. <laughs> And your headspace above your blankets. Yeah. So anyway, so after this little pep talk from uh, Padma and Tom, uh, Joe and and Adrian ret- return to their the Viceroy Hotel, which is not nearly as good as the Aloft. And no, we are not getting any sort of free room. Although Aloft, call us. No um, kidding. What if they're downstairs right now? And they're like, I just can't wait till Top Chef Top Chef Watch What Crappens comes out. <laughs> I know, they're like, Were those them? <laughs> <laughs> Did we give ice cream sandwiches for free? We didn't make the, t- the watch our crabs guys pay for those ice cream sandwiches. We, oh, good. We did. It's called being delusional. And we'll explore more of that word at tomorrow's live show because Allison Dubois is told that by Kyle. Oh, no, no that. Kyle tells Camille that. Never mind. That's tomorrow night. That's tomorrow. Uh, Camille. So, um, so Joe Flam calls the he, Joe. Joe is a chef at this place called Spiaga or Spiaja or Spija or Spluge, and Spluge, 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 So uh, he calls Tony, the owner of the restaurant, and Tony's like, "Here's what I tell you: never change a never change a, a, a meal once you start it. Never change a dish once you start it. You're gonna do a good job, kid." Yeah, that's Something a terrible like that. idea. And yeah. Joe, Joe's like, "Wow, that was great advice." No, it's not. That's a terrible. That's terrible advice. <laughs> what if you forget to put sugar in something and you use salt instead because you got them confused? Should you continue making that ice cream? What if, no. <laughs> what if you want to make um, trout crudo and then you learn that that like <laughs> a beer a bear a bear, a bear shat. In your trout water. <laughs> Should you change then? You eat the skin. Just like that fat bastard did when he ate it. He's like, does a bear shit in the woods? Nice skin, though. That was good. I'm like, what does the shit not get into the skin? No. <laughs> yes, it does. He cooked out, he cooked out the, the, the bear shit. I'm sure. He's just, it's like arbitrary. He's like, mm, this part doesn't have shit on it just because I say so. Shut up, jerk. So I then. how at the beginning, we were like, it's a finale. What are we going to have to talk about? <laughs> we had, we're just Looney Tunes. We took a flight today, you know? I love it's, flights. I know. I, I don't. don't. I hate them. Um, but it was fun. So anyway, so Padma leaves a note, and it's like, chefs, meet me at the top of the mountain. 
Come get there, get here quickly, so you'll get to be able to see Gail panting. <laughs> She's like, chefs, it's me, Padma. I want you to smile, rise, and exercise. And they're like, woo! Sorry, wrong show. Listen here, fat nerds. Come cook me dinner. Gail will be there, sweating probably. See you at the top of the mountain, Padma. <laughs> Uh, so America's then, next top Padma. So then they're like, the chefs are like getting into their chef's clothes, and the music's like, did you? It's like yeah. all like soldier music, you know? Yeah, like they're getting ready for the Revolutionary like War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's Lin Manuel Miranda? Today's guest, today's challenge is to reenact the Civil War. Enjoy yourself, chef. <laughs> oh, but this is a fact that I didn't know. LaBerna Dan's father was in Black Panther. That was such a good movie. So good. It's so cool. Forrest Whitaker. I thought it was great that there was a good Marvel tie-in to this episode. (laughs) It is kind of cool that her dad was was a Black Panther. It's like you would never think that she's the daughter of someone who's part of like a militant civil rights you know. Really? She's like, I'm writing in a journal immediately now, (laughs) every day, about peanuts. I'm going to write it about peanuts. I thought her dad was like some bookish professor. I don't know what I thought. I feel like she's one of those kids from Annie that you're just like, sure, they're in an orphanage and they have it tough, but God, they've already learned to tap dance and they're seven years old. This kid's yeah. going to make it. Going to go far. Yeah, she's like Pepper. She's like Pepper from Annie, I think. Oh. But nice. Like, she grew up to be nice. I haven't seen Annie in about 35 years. Pepper's so. the one who does this with her fists. It's a hard knock life. Yeah. It's a hard knock cook, chefs. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, chefs, to the Aspen Club. It's also known as Little Nell. Guess who else is known as Little Nell? (laughs) (laughs) Right, Gail? (laughs) Oh, Gail. Can someone get Gail a bucket? She's got another case of Gail's. (laughs) I remember going to see Nell and saying, Gail, nice to meet you. And she told me back, (laughs) which meant I really like flautas. I remember when we found Gail in the woods, hair all ratty, wearing some some form of a shawl. Bless her heart. That was just this morning. (laughs) (laughs) She said she was going out looking for escargot, but we just saw her hands full of dirt. I didn't really know what was happening. We cleaned her up nice, though. Nice view, isn't it? You gotta love when Padma like puts on her poor person dress because she's like, "Look, my dress doesn't fit, chefs." Ha 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 ha. I like when she dresses poor to remind them that the prize. She's like, "Only one of you will win a bus ticket and a free movie ticket if you choose to see Red Sparrow for a limited time off." I'm like, "What are you, T-Mobile? You guys are still giving away one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars." That's the saddest prize I've ever heard about on television. To paraphrase my favorite sports podcast, Saturdays are for the gales. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Saturday nights are something fighting. Saturday nights. Why am I singing? Why am I singing Elton John songs that I don't know? Or is that Billy Joel? Oh my god, Gail. That's that's me pretending I'm watching the NBA with Gail. I don't know. That's what it's like in Gail's head when she has an appetizer menu with too many options. That's the music Gail hears when she wants to have chicken wings. Um so Tom's like here's the rules. Cook 
the uh, best meal of your life. Well, well, yeah, the rules are simple. Well, we're going to give you some help, though, because there's teams. And I just immediately feel bad for Alaska. She's been there for weeks. Tanya. Um, Tanya wants to go home. She's the girl from Orange people. is the New Black with the red hair who kind of freaked out and then cried. She's like, oh. Yeah. They're still there in Colorado. Um, yeah, so the whole gang comes walking out, and it's the usual the usual thing of you have to gotta pull knives. Um, whoever like gets the right knife gets to pick a chef first because they get to get two two. They, they all get pick, two they always sous pick chefs. the same ones. Yeah, although I have to say it was kind of cool because, well, first of all, the first one to come walking out was Brother Lux. So I was like, ugh. Ew, and he was doing this thing where he's rubbing his hands together like, oh yeah, it's me. I'm Brother getting Luck. back down to business. No Brother Love. No Luck. Luck. Yeah. Um, so Adrian picks Chris and then she picks Carrie, which is a pretty strong thing. Although, I mean, I like Chris a lot, but I always got this feeling like he was a little overrated. Um, and then Joe Flam picks. I feel like he just, who kicked the life out of Chris? Because remember how Amish Chris was like, well, I'm from a, you know, I'm from uh, an Amish area, but, you know, I mix that with the black stuff. Like he was like happier. Like he was more energetic. Well, he he's was like, eliminated. He's sad, and now he's watching Adrian he's like, be the Bleh. one to be like elevated soul food when he was that all season long. And then she's like, "You know what? I decided I want to be elevated soul food." Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is kind of a ripoff. But he was like that before he was eliminated. He started just getting sadder and sadder. Yeah, remember he's like, "I haven't felt like this since I stopped drinking." And I was like, "Well, Leesh. that's that's the point of Rumspringa is that after it's fun at first, but then you realize you want to go back to the old country." Yeah, Rumspringa you know. is top chef. <laughs> I guess that's true, right? There's no fucking. Mm-hmm. There's uh, do no you remember shopping? Do you remember that reality show Amish in the City? Yeah, I loved it. Oh, oh, I'll tell you later. Remember Moe's? Moe's whatever. So anyway, Rumspringa. Well, the point is this. Here's why I liked about this was uh, I love that Joe Flam picked Joe Sasto, a.k.a. Mustache, and Fatima because you know that Bruce just assumed he was going to get picked because Joe Flam is clearly going to be doing Italian food. That's his thing. He didn't reunite the Bears. He didn't reunite like the Italian cooker cooking people. So yeah, I Bruce, love that. You're the one that everyone Bruce. was scared of, and then they realize they don't have to be. You're just that monster under the bed that people are like, oh, it's just a fat guy under my bed, you know? <laughs> No That's one still, wants to get in the gondola still, with you, Bruce. Still okay? alarming, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, Bruce Commons under my bed. He's like, you got some Bucatini? No. He's like, I'm not coming out from under here. My wife just had a baby. I'm staying here. <laughs> so, um, so now it's time to do menu planning. <laughs> Ron is coughing. Are you okay? No, I'm not. How dare you? I'm a very healthy individual who does nothing but take my vitamins. Yeah, shopping. I think Joe just picked Fatima because he wanted somebody to be on his team named Fatty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to that. So, um, so that's menu planning, and Adrian's like, "I want to do a char- a chart octo." I don't know for some reason. Like, I love abbreviating things in life, but for some reason, when chefs abbreviate things, I find it to be so annoying. I don't it know is. what it is. You but know, it does go back to our geometry challenge. Because now she's a geometric chef, so she's Octo. like, guys, I'm going to make some octo. <laughs> Chard octo? You know what? Because I think if she if she abbreviated it in a fun way, like she's like, I'm going to do some chard octi or something like that. Yeah. I mean, octopus is a weird one. Octopi? No, it's like... I guess octop- that's not really that shortened. Oct- it's just taking out certain letters. Like opus, maybe? Chard, some chard opus? No. Some pus. Octopus is a hard one to make a fun, a fun abbreviation. Guys, we're going to have some chard pussy today. But like octo is just like... 
It's like the mom. It's like I'm cool. Like no one wants to think of the octo mom when they're eating. You know what I mean? It's like Not when Rachel Ray says EVOO, which is like harder to almost harder to say than extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, why not just say Evo? Yeah. Or extra virgin olive oil. How about say that? <laughs> Evo Evo, Evo, Evo. does not Evo E V O O does not roll off the tongue. So just say extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, but she's Rachel Ray. She's like, look, if you open a bottle of ragu and pour it into a pan and cook it with some Parmesan cheese, it's now your own dish. I'm like, no, it's not Rachel Ray. It's ragu with Parmesan cheese that you cooked in a pan. <laughs> you lazy biatch. Okay. Anyway, guys, this is serious. So Brenda Dan goes to Whole Foods. And she's like, you know, I've really been worried about my my dish, so I'm going to get some bananas and make some banana pudding. What? Girl, I am Southern, and trust, mm. we would rather have some meringue or something. I mean, banana pudding, that shit you get at church for free. It's like, what, are you going to give them Kool-Aid too? I, I have to say, I like banana pudding. This may be controversial for what I'm about to say. I like banana pudding, but... I don't see what the big deal is with banana pudding. It's good, but I don't think it's amazing. But people go nuts over it. It's a banana pudding with wafers. Yeah. Like, no I wafers. mean, it's good. It's delicious. That's why it's an American staple. But people go nuts over it, I think, disproportionate to how good it is. I'm, yeah. so, I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Guess what else are staples? Staples. staples. <laughs> and no one wants to eat staples. <laughs> okay. So so while they're cooking at Whole Foods, Joe Flam, he's like choosing his ingredients. He goes, you know, the best part about... Italian cuisine is that no matter what region you're in, they they just, they just cook with the best of what's around. I'm like, well, what you think like other cuisines just like cook with garbage? Like, mm, there's a really good piece of meat over there, but how about we just like use that shoe instead? Like, of course, <laughs> everyone cooks with the best of what's around. Dave Matthews, it's Dave Matthews song, best of what's around. Yeah. He's making it sound like they're dumpster diving over in Italy. Like, and it's like oh, you know, they just go through a dumpster and all they had was some paper and some yeah, rocks and some scissors and yeah. boom, uh, they had some paper, some paper, rock and scissors, yeah, you know. That's just the first one. <laughs> um, yeah, I just hate that. And I feel like that happens a lot when people talk about Italian food. No, that's what Italian food is all about. Fresh ingredients. It's like, well, what do you think everyone else? I mean, I'm sh- like, obviously. Oh, guess what it's also about? Ragu and Parmesan cheese. <laughs> 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 it all comes back together. Now. <laughs> That, lady, that being Rachel said, Ray. that being said, I've been on a total Italian food kick the past few months, and I just made Ina Garten's weeknight bolognese. Did I talk about this yeah. on the podcast? Okay, well, I'll just reaffirm. It was a delicious recipe. Um, the Italian food's amazing. Hello, I'm wearing it right now. Like <laughs> I've eaten it my whole life. I love it, but I hate when they everybody's like, I'm Italian. I cook with love. I cook from the heart. I cook from the so soul. What the fuck do you think I'm the rest Italian. of us are doing? Cooking from hate? Oh, like, listen, cooking just... with like shitty ingredients on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Adrian's going to start light. The one thing I've learned from Eric Rapera is that if you're doing a tasting menu, you want to start light. I was like, wow, that was a great insight. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see where I am. Well, while, oh, you, yeah. try, while you try to do that, um, they're, this... so they're in the kitchen now, and they're prepping their food for the big cook tomorrow. And um, uh, Adrian wants Carrie to cook the grits uh, for, for one of the courses. And Carrie is scared. She's like, oh, I just have never cooked grits before. I don't know. I can't believe you're making me do this. I'm like, bitch, you made an oven out of snow and baked a cheesecake in a mountain. Okay? And you're afraid to cook grits? Just follow the recipe in the box. That's not local. Grits is not uh, local. I bet I if, she called it, <laughs> if she called it polenta, it would be okay. Yeah. Just say we it. don't want to pretend there's a huge difference between grits and polenta. It's really just a, a 
grainage, yeah? I actually don't know. I've actually never made gr- grits the myself. The milling. Is it the milling? Polenta's mm-hmm. corn. Grits they're corn? both corn, yeah. Oh. They're the same. I think they're the same. <laughs> My mom says they're not, so I guess I should listen to her if she's the chef and everything. I can Google it right now. If I you think want. it's the same thing, except one is um, milled finer. Okay, I'm looking it up. Resting the microphone on my chest, everyone, while I look this up. Grits versus polenta. No one even, this, it, Google didn't even try to suggest polenta versus grits. Why grits wins? Okay, well, let's see. From Food Hacks. What's the difference? Oh, The Kitchen. You know, you know I love that website, The Kitchen. It's spelled K-I-T-C-H-N because they're a little too cool to have that E. <laughs> polenta versus grits. What's the difference? I'm pulling it up. This is by Megan Gordon. She wrote in April 17, 2013. So it's almost like five years old. Oh, they're both made from stone ground cornmeal, dried corn that's ground down into smaller coarse bits. So how do the you. two differ? Thank you. Some people think the difference lies in geography. The Italian version yeah. is known as polenta, whereas the southern version is known as grits. Others think that polenta is made with yellow corn, while grits are made with white corn. Nope. Lucky Incorrect. for all of us, NPR ran a piece as part of their kitchen window series that clears it all up. <sighs> is it the grainage, the millage? What am I trying to say? The fine, the fine grain. People are hitting their steering wheels. I feel it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying it's to like skim sea this. salt and salt. Okay, Anson Mills founder oh anson mills is a brand the founder glenn roberts is quoted oh someone texted me and uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry um the difference as he sees it while both grits and polenta are made from stone ground cornmeal southern grits and italian polenta are traditionally made from two vastly different types of corn how many times it's milled and the fineness the of the grind also differ thank you and there's a taste and texture. i cannot believe i was correct wait there's more no, I just heard Do the words that made more? me right. Do you want to hear more about grits versus sure, polenta? I'm just, yeah, because right point. now I have a whole parade celebrating myself for being right about something. So go ahead. Okay, and he discussed the so this guy discusses it even further. Most grits in the South are traditionally made from a class of corn called dent corn in italics, <sighs> whereas <laughs> whereas in Italy, most polenta is made from a class of corn called flint corn. Which holds its texture better. Hmm. Neither of those things sound delicious. Why do these different Flint classes matter? Because the different type of corn, grits can even come across as almost mushy, while polenta is often more coarse and toothsome. Yes. It's chewier. Yeah. I love me some grits, and I love me some polenta. Okay. Someone should, have, someone should do like a polenta grits situation. Like I knew a, it. A, a polenta grits swirl, like chocolate and vanilla swirl at the uh, Froyo machine. Well, it just feels like part of your oatmeal is not cooked right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. porridge and oatmeal. Oh, God, let's not Google it. I'm not. I No, I've closed the window. I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad to know. Thank you for Googling that. Yeah, no, that was fun. I it actually was nice really to feel too. intelligent. I love any excuse to go to that website, to be honest. Also, can I tell you that grits and polenta are the easiest fucking thing to make in the world? Yeah, Carrie, you're on top chef. Yeah, Carrie, come on. Um, she's <laughs> like, does it have toast in it? Okay, so <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I love Carrie and wanted her to win. So Adrian's having a very dramatic issue. Yes, she's so trying to make twill, tools, twills. Yes. And, and she's like, you know, Joe Flam is my boy. He's my man. He's my sweet brother. But, <laughs> you know, if he has a weakness, it's that he's not a gambler. And I am. I'm like, yeah, you're really leaving Las Vegas over there, Adrian. She's but, like, I'm a real gambler. Um, you know, and look at gambler's. They're poor. They have yellow teeth. They're Usually falling out. Uh, but the stories they machines. have. <laughs> the stories the they have machine. of making twills and saucepans. <laughs> and egg pans, I should say. 
So, uh, yeah, her twill is not coming together. It's like, well, it's sort of moist in the middle. It's not twilling proper. If I don't get this twill right, my entire dish could be ruined. So I was like, okay, we've got a, we got a, we got twill drama happening yeah, here. Yeah, just, you know, that's one word you hear all the time of Southern cooking. Twill. Twill. <laughs> <laughs> the only time you hear that is if you're saying, like, will the restaurant be open in the morning? Twill. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing you've ever said. Otherwise, Twill. you don't know what you're talking Twill. about. Okay? <laughs> Twill the night before Christmas, Twilby. And all through the heel. <laughs> all through the heel. Tweel- not a twill was cooking, was not even in the meal. Okay, so uh, so mm. now they get home after this after this day of prepping, and guess who's in the kitchen? They don't know we're cooking, but we're cooking. I got my eyeglasses on. Yep. Yeah. Look at that. I just got a whole fish and I just uh, chopped it down the middle and uh, put some uh, sprigs of cilantro in there and uh, we're going to eat it. It's called rustic eating. <laughs> it's called not propping, uh, prepping a fish properly, Tom, but thanks for coming by. Do you by any chance know the number to Domino's? <laughs> yeah. It was Tom and Graham Elliot. Uh, they were cooking dinner for the, the finalists. They walk in and they're sort of surprised that it's like, whoa. Graham Elliot's like, we had a long day at the mall shopping at Gadzooks. <laughs> Wait until you see what he shows up to the finale dinner. Oh, I was like, really? I literally had that in the 80s, but it was a one-piece suit, <laughs> and the paint splatters were blue. Well, I was personally just like very hopeful that Adrian was going to take this opportunity to just massively distract Tom, like he did last week when, when she was like trying to make the most complicated <laughs> cowboy cauldron dish of all time. He's like, well, another thing is that sometimes with restaurants, uh, now you just go up to a counter, you order. You don't have waiters. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I like a dessert. You like a dessert? And she's like, uh, Tom, I have to get back to my cowboy cauldron. You know, they say open a can of worms. I really, you know, worms. Worms. Oh, oh. Look at those. I was like, Adrian, ask him like every single question about that fish. <laughs> just distract him. But, you know, he did really just chop the fish a few times down the middle and throw some salt on it. He's like, well, you uh, might get some bones there, so uh, send me home. Huh? Yep. <laughs> get it? Get it? Uh, like, yeah, because that's a... Uh, Fireable offense. Or. I was like, excuse me, Tom, don't be so cavalier about that because you have sent people home for that. Yeah, no kidding. And you've destroyed like, their futures because of it. Yeah, I've just uh, thought out huh. some scallops. Uh. So uh, those are... Those are t- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm making a cocoa van, but I'm not using an old hen. <laughs> I'm using just a chicken. So uh, enjoy me. these burnt charred rubbery eggs. Gail's like hanging off the gondola I've outside. made some black... Be- <laughs> Adrian, I've made some... Uh, I made some black eyed peas for you. They're a little overcooked. <laughs> Fung apart. Fergie. He's um, like, I was just kidding. I brought Fergie over. Fergie, come on in. He's <laughs> making no effort. G L A M. He's like, so Adrian's talking about how she wants to open up a restaurant. He's like, well, uh, she he, she hasn't found an investor yet. Well, her, that's always been a roadblock. Getting investors, she goes, well, uh, I'm pretty sure I'll get some investors now. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, like, that's the first like, thing okay, you're going to need. Down, uh, might need an investor there. Okay, Tom. Well, it's probably a little easier for you to get a fucking investor, okay? Why don't you invest, Tom? Yeah, go for <laughs> it. He's like, I'm, I, want a, I want a restaurant where uh, you don't do anything to a fish, but uh, chop it five times down uh, vertically. Sound good? <laughs> I still think what he did looked hard. Um <laughs> He'd like open up a fish. You're allowed, but I can't get over it because it wasn't even cut down here. It was cut here. <laughs> People, yeah? he, he, Ronnie is uh, gesturing <laughs> at different parts of his body. Ex- every part except for the central, like like meridian, going down his chest. 
vertically, people. So um, anyway, so now the they're giving advice to the chefs. Like, oh, just enjoy the moment. Enjoy it. Take it all in. Graham's, Graham's like, oh. And then, oh, you know what I hated? Did you notice this? Tom goes, hey, Graham, good cook on that lamb, Graham. He goes, oh, is it? Is it? I'm like, you can see it yourself, Graham. You're eating your own lamb. You know it's good. Just say thank you. <laughs> oh, Graham. I'm I, you know, I don't know why I don't like Graham. I think it's because he tries too hard with his fashions. If he didn't do that, we'd like him. I think it's because he's like, I'm going to match a jacket to white glasses. <laughs> I hate when people are like, my glasses. Now he's that's trying to do too much. That's why. I I, 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 think, I I know he's a good good chef. I just, he's trying to do too much. I'm mad that he lost weight. I mean, that's the honest Did to God he? truth. Oh, yeah. He used to be like really fat. Now he's just fat. <laughs> yeah he used to be really big remember and then he lost like a million pounds i used to love master chef that's how i know oh i um i don't know you know uh i once here's a side note a master chef side note one time um master chef i think in his first season was very different if i remember correctly and then in the second season they filmed some sort of like rooftop competition at the London in West Hollywood. Mm. And Michelle, Michelle Collins, she was one of the judges and she brought me along as her like buddy. Like she could bring a plus one. So we went uh, to test. It was sort of like, it was set up like sort of like a cocktail party. And then we would try food and we'd all weigh in. And it was the two of us and Constantine Marulas from American Idol with some girl. And then there was someone else. I don't remember who they were. They were like, but they were like famous, but like not like famous, famous, but they were, and um, they cut the whole thing out. They totally revamped the show, and it never aired. Oh, my God. Isn't that sad? Well, wow. Way to throw Michelle under the bus. No, it wasn't because of her fault. <laughs> it's probably Constantine Marulis's fault, if anything. Constantine. And it was, now it was like, Carson oh, Kressley. Broadway. Mm. I think it was Carson Kressley. No, Carson Kressley. I feel like Carson Kressley's so hilarious, and he's been cut out of so many shows. So, I feel like he's got like a reverse IMDb. <laughs> you have to like hit control to like see the texts. full menu. You have to go into like the source code and be like, look at it. Why did they say display colon none? So like we're in the Matrix, girl. Okay. So now um, it's the next morning and Adrian needs some Zen. So she's going to call. She calls up Eric Repair, which is appropriate because she needs him to repair his food. And she's having her twill issues. She's like, I just I just need some Zen. Um, otherwise known as I just need to steal someone else's recipe properly because I forgot how to fucking do it right. Listen, she just needed to know the technique. And he's like, well, did you are you whisking the, the mixture in the pan for your twill? And she's like, oh, of course not. I forgot to mix the twill. She's like, yes, whisk the twill, whisk the twill. He's like, you must whisk it. She's like, whisk it? I am. I'm being whisky. He's like, no, whisky. Stupid. No, I'm taking a whisk. I, I swear. No, whisky. Oh, damn it. That's what I forgot. Twill. I love a good twill comedy bit. So <laughs> then they, they all hop onto their gondola You're prices. Welcome, America. And uh, they, they go up to the top of the mountain to do some more cooking. And uh, we learned that Flam's his stock smells great, and he's making a uh, tortelloni his pig stock. Yeah, it's because it's a like pig that. head stock. There was like so much stock and things happening. It's like a pig head. stock. I couldn't keep track of what thing was with what dish. To be honest, from I know me episode. too. But when I hear pig head stock, I'm like, wait a minute, I heard that right, right? And then yeah. Padma just looks at me like you're supposed to pretend it's good, stupid. And I'm like, oh my god, I heard it right. Pig Did you stock. mean to decapitate an entire pig's head and put it into your soup bowl? <gasps> Has anybody seen Gale? It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your gal is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there she is. She has a bag over her head. So the tortellini 
they're, he's making it by hand and it's like dark green. It looked like, um, you ever have those weird shits every once in a while? Like once, you know, like you're like, whoa, my shit's like dark green. You ever have oh, that happen? Yeah. When I started juicing. Like I don't know. And you're like, what? That's what the totally Yeah, there was like. a lot of chlorophyll, I think, in my boob. Yeah. Like this. Um, and I like that he called this dish Brodo a fat. No, he called it Tortellini Brodo Fato a mano. And I was like, that's so honest because that is how you get fat. Like it's with food, mm-hmm. but it's also with your hands. Yeah, it's true. You go, Joe. Food, I love yeah. your honesty. You I like, beautiful I like man. Him. So the Adrian's now giving twill classes and she's like, she's like, this is how you do it. And I don't know if you were get, feeling this way, but I was. I was getting a lot of anxiety watching her whisk. <laughs> Whisk that twill, that twill mixture with a metal whisk and a nonstick pan. I was like, no. "Oh, well, professional chefs can do that because they don't got to do their own goddamn dishes." It's so wrong. It's so yeah. wrong. Um, so pig headstock. So that smells good. So Luigi is really pissed, and it's hilarious because he's bitter that he lost, and I love yeah. it. And he's trying to be positive, but it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And even his mustache is all fucked up. It looks yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> he, we're seeing the we're seeing him transform into Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now Fatima, she's working on this brown sugar cake, and it looks all sorts of wrong. And it's gonna be it's gonna be an, it's gonna be an issue because that's going to be Joe's big dessert but she's trying it and but it's at a high altitude so you know she's never done this before so she's dealing with that and meanwhile Adrian she decides that she wants to mimic um overcooked black eyed peas cuz you know you never get black eyed according to her whenever you get black eyed peas they're always like really mushy and they're about to like fall apart they are cuz black eyed peas take forever to cook and they're really tough and you just cook them forever, and then you get them, and you're like, ew, why am I even eating these? And then, like, the next year, they have a song at the top of the charts. I don't get it. I know, and you're like, ew, why am I listening to this? It's the same thing. That's why they were named that. <laughs> I got a feeling that these Black Eyed Peas are not going to work that well for her. <laughs> um, yeah, so she decides uh, to take a fork to the Black Eyed Peas to make them look grosser. I think that was a strange choice. Like It was, I just don't remember... I've had a lot of black eyed peas in my life. I just don't remember them ever looking good. They always look like mushy and I've actually not had a lot. Looking. I've not had a lot of black eyed peas in my life. I think the t- the the time that I had the most the black eyed pea moment in terms of the beans that like stuck out to me the most was my friend made Texas caviar. Appropriate, we're in Texas, and that's with black eyed peas, right? Or was was a different bean? Texas caviar? Isn't that like know. beans? It's like a, it was like I I seem to I th- I think it was that you used black eyed peas and but you toss it with like all sorts of like vinegar and things. It's like a bright it was a delicious dish. Like the chickpea I think it was I think it was um black eyed peas, her version. Um, maybe you know it's just more, maybe it's different beans. There used to be a restaurant called Black Eyed Pea. Did you guys have that? It was sure. like an Applebee's restaurant, but it was like Southern cooking. Mm-hmm. It was like an Applebee's type chain and it was called Black Eyed Pea. No, no. We barely um, even had an Applebee's. And apple I was like, juice. you know what I'm going to order you guys? Black eyed peas. And they're like, whoa, that's so wow. crazy. <laughs> so now it's time to eat the food. And there, and all the judges. Oh, Ronnie is resituating. Oh, God. What's, he's he's off the bed now. So uh, the brain. So they all, come walk, they all come walking into the dining room. And Graham, Graham walks in with his white glasses. White framed sort of. They look like 3D glasses, but they're real glasses. White frames. And... The blazer. How do you He's wearing a the- silk blazer, well, like a silk knockoff blazer, with paint splatters all over, black paint splatters. Yeah. And I swear to you, I used to have that in fifth grade. It was all white. <laughs> it was a one-piece suit that I wore, and it 
um, I had claw bangs and really thick glass. I'm going to find a picture of that yeah, shit. Please. You're going to die when you see it. Please. So Gail is like, well, you know, they're going to have very different styles. And he goes, oh, I'll bet one of them is uh, Italian. I'm that like, was yeah, Padma just- who said that, I thought. Oh. Oh, I thought it was Graham. Maybe it was Graham. I thought he was being shady, and I was no, like, I you know, it was Padma said, "I bet I was one like, listen, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, with your stupid like, glasses personality." <laughs> I like when they walked in, and Padma goes, "It's quiet." <laughs> <laughs> Is Gail not digesting anything yet? <laughs> I'm used to the sound of Gail munching on Cracker Jacks in the background. Gail, did you finish your box already? Gail, oh God, she's got stuck on her elbow. <laughs> Ronnie is now standing up. I'm going to narrate I'm trying your to movements. decide how my back needs to. It's always something, you know. It's always I have something. a cold. My back hurts. I'm a weakling. I'm a weak, weak person because this is what I do. I lay in bed and make fun of people. Okay, so let's see. Ryan has a second spinoff. I can't believe that. That show on Bravo with that fucking real estate guy, Ryan Souchonchon. Sir Hunt. Sir Hunt. Sir Hunt. Sir Hunt. So Pamela's like, I'm very excited to see what Adrian and Joe are going to give us. I bet one is Italian, which is what you just said. <laughs> Get it? Pasta again. Welcome to the finale, which I've dubbed Pasta Again. <laughs> so um, they're so, talking about they're talking about the chefs and how far they've come. And isn't this when Gail is like, because Gail's, Gail's voice, by the way, is like messed up. She's had... She's been screaming too much on her gondola because she's like, Adrian had a real eureka moment. She had a eureka moment just like I had when I read that elevation sign. My God. (laughs) I think Padma's just been giving her the wrong address to everywhere and just making her climb up all these hills. Gail knows a thing or two about eureka moments. Like when she found out that there was a Talbots in town. <laughs> Bless her heart. Gail has been doing this weird thing to fuck with my head this season where she's like wore, she wore terrible patterns the whole first part of the season. And then she was like, look, a solid color. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. So tonight she wore black and white, but she wore like one of those polka dot skin shirts where it's like, what do you call that? Polka dot. It's all cutouts, so the bad pattern is her skin. I was like, hmm, I see how you're trying to fuck with me, Gail, but it's still bad. It's still wrong, and I love you so much. Never change. So then I just wrote down Padma going, wow, when the food came. She loves it. Wow. Wow. Gail, put down your Game Boy Advance and look at the food. It's nice. Padma's like that when... Um, the exorcist like gets the devil out of her and they comb her hair and then she looks like a nice girl again because she combed her hair. That's that's Fatima's hair today. She's like, look at me. My hair is combed. I'm so innocent. Remember when times were innocent, chefs? <laughs> so uh, Adrian brings out her spoon bread with sea urchin and dashi and a twill. Um, and then Joe Flam serves something called tono vitilan vitilato. It's a raw tuna. He basically serves like a raw tuna. That looked like a gelatin shaped into a salmon. Mm. They both look good. And, they, yeah. and the chefs, I mean, all the judges liked them, but they loved, they loved Adrian's. Oh, oh, before they even started tasting, after the two chefs finished describing their dish, Tom goes, all right, chefs, get back there and get back to cooking, huh? huh? <laughs> a little comedy. We're friends now. Uh, I cooked for them the other day. <laughs> One of them got bone in their teeth, and I was like, welcome to camping with Uncle Tom. <laughs> 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 Whoa. 
so they're eating and they're very happy and Pema's like it's a fantastic star <laughs> and then I kind of feel like the quote of the episode tell me if I've gone too far is when Pema goes what do you think about the fat powder <laughs> And then looks directly at Gail. Gail. Gail's like touching her face. Like, did I put on my base wrong? Like, what is this bitch getting at? (laughs) Gail, care to comment on the fat powder? (laughs) They're called protein shakes, Padma. And that was this morning. Wish you hadn't brought it up on TV. Gail, care to elaborate as you are sort of the expert on fat powder at the table? I like Gail's answer there. She goes, I just feel like we've seen it before. God, you just walked right into that one, Gail. <laughs> so um, she's like, who who said this? I think Graham said this. He goes, oh, no, Graham is the one who said we've seen it before, the fat powder. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I, they both have G's in their name, so they're the same person in my mind tonight. Yeah. But he's like, we've seen that before, fat powder. Where have I seen that before? I'm like, look down. Look down, Graham. Okay. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, he goes you know, Adrian's dish is really provocative. It's like looking under a skirt, just getting that little piece of ass under. I'm like, calm down, Graham. It's like National Women's Day today. Yeah. Can you please Can keep you, your fupa in your pants for you two seconds? Could you please, like, not sexually harass your appetizer? <laughs> Could you please just eat your twill and just enjoy the craftsmanship? Because it took a lot of God, time no and kidding. effort to make that. Uh, shut up. Shut up, Siren. Sirens are outside. The cops are here. The sirens are like, we've heard of fat powder before. <laughs> this hotel is very loud. They're going to Irma's. <laughs> hey, cops, could you bring up a glass of water, please? I've got such cotton mouth right now. I'm like, anyway. Oh, so to bring down women even more, here's Nilu, the proud dog yes. lady from Food and Wine magazine. She's yes. like, here's what I feel. And they're like, Gail's back, Nilu. Shut up. <laughs> You're just a contributor now. You've been downgraded since you didn't want to move to Birmingham with the rest of your magazine. <laughs> Which is true. Um, so uh, so now for the second course, Joe Flam is serving up a tortellini on brodo, and it's all made by hand. Uh, I'm so stupid. I wrote down a note after all made by hand. Padma, sort of like Gail's Trapper Keeper. <laughs> what, was I, what, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Sort of like Gail's cereal bowl. It's made out of her hands. Just shovel it in there, Gail. <laughs> it's sort of like Gail eating spaghetti and meatballs by hand every time. Bless her heart. She's so sweet. Oh, and then Adrian Adrian serves up black and octopus served with chow chow. I mean you just, I mean the jokes just write themselves. No, no kidding. We've already got a Milu here. It's like Nilu, Chow Chow. I like to call it a Gail Gail. <laughs> I've prepared a Bueller. Does anybody have a Bueller with a little fat powder on top? <laughs> so Luigi's in the kitchen literally going, Mamma Mia! He does do that, yeah. There. He does. He's like, he keeps jumping up and hitting a square with a uh, question mark on it and coins fall on his head. It's like, Adri- so they say they feel like in the second uh, second course, Adrian's is a little on the dry side. Um, is this, I think that was the blackout. No, it wasn't. I don't know what the second course was, it but was, it was a little on the dry side. It was the black-eyed piece for her and the beef for him that 
didn't go well. No, that was the third, oh, the third gosh. course. This was no, this was the he okay. made the whatever he made the the tortelloni by hand and everything. Oh, liked the it. short rib was good. She had yeah. like a braised short rib and bone marrow. Yeah, the next dish when it arrives, it everyone everyone starts whispering. Everyone's speaking so quietly during this meal, they're like afraid to talk. So when they bring out the third course, everyone's like, "Oh, that looks wonderful. It's delicious. Wow. Do you think we'll get more twill? Do you think we're gonna? Oh, that was look amazing. at Gail over there. Do you guys remember the twill? Gail has gravy on so the Sounds like, whoa, the ham hock. She was so close. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, Joe Flam's ribeye is like overcooked. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's like a hot guy at the table, by the way. Where'd he come from? I don't know, but whoever he's having sex with, nice work. And he could even speak very well. I mean, I feel like such a, I'm such a, um, a hottest. Like when people are hot, I'm like, oh, stupid. Yeah. Like they're stupid. I say fucking. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I get all like fat and bitter. But then when they talk and they prove me wrong, I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Now I can talk to him while I sexually like. I you know I hate debase a smart him. hot person. You it hate, makes me so jealous. You hate a hot person. No, I hate a smart hot person. I know. I'm, I'm like, always telling you, I appreciate your patience with me <laughs> and really trying to work it through. Anyway, so there's a hot guy there, and so they're all they all agree that Joe's meat is has been overrested. Uh, but Gail is in love with the asparagus. She's like, this asparagus is just. Magic, and they just cut to Padma just sneering at Gail. Like, Only Gail. <laughs> that was gonna be my line, Gail. How about the mayonnaise sauce that you just drank, Gail? That was why the asparagus was so magic. <laughs> then Gail actually goes, Joe, before you go, tell me your asparagus story because you said that asparagus was cooked in its own juices. And he's like, oh, Gail, let me do it. Did you mean to cook the asparagus in its own juices? There, much better. <laughs> There's a yes or no. We're going to be here all night, Gail. <laughs> okay, so dessert is where I feel like they both fell down. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you should also mention that uh, the Adrian's black-eyed peas were met with some resistance from Tom. Who felt that the the mashing drive oh, them yeah. out? He goes, "Why would you do that?" She's like, "Well, because I feel like they're usually a little bit more ripped apart than that, and I wanted to mimic them." And he goes, "Yeah, but they're ripped apart because they're not cooked right, and you're a better chef than that." Yeah. I think he told her that at, at judging, but either way, the point oh. stands. Um, so now it's dessert, and you said this is where things fell apart. So Joe serves up something called a torta della nona, and Nancy Silverton, who is like one of the most acclaimed pastry chefs in the country, is like, ah, and he's like, no, 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 it's not like a traditional torta della nona. This is like another one that I made that's different, but I just call it that because it's my grandma. Yeah, which, why? I don't get that. I don't, I don't like when they take the names of things and then make it nothing like yeah. the thing and then just take the name so it sounds fancy so we can say nana because this is grandma, and then people feel bad. Mm-hmm. Or like... You know, like, yeah. oh, it's grandma. He wins. It reminded me of his tiny zucchini because it was just like a <laughs> just little slim. Plate. Just didn't fill up the plate. Yeah, because mm. fatty Fatima didn't get it all together. So it's just like one little slim little yeah, cracker little with wedge. some blueberries on yeah. top. But then everyone's like, I don't know how he's going to even compete with her dessert. <laughs> it's just so stunningly beautiful. It's little drops of banana pudding. It looks like little banana pudding poops. With some cookie crumbles around it. I don't know. I wasn't, and I love both of them, but they're dessert. So I was like, mm, is there any chubby hubby here? Yeah. And Padma's like, well, you've both now served your last dish on Top Chef. Could someone get a gondola for Gail, please? <laughs> I don't even care if it's the boat kind. <laughs> Just send her down the side of the mountain with a guy singing in next to her. 
I like the at the end of the dessert, Nancy goes, oh, both were very intellectual. Wow, just what <laughs> we want to hear at the dessert. Oh, yeah, and then when Gail's talking about Adrian's banana pudding, she was like, I really like it all, but, you know, I just feel like I lost the banana pudding in it. And Pema's like, you ate it, Gail, that's why. You ate the banana pudding, that's why you can't find it. No one feels more lost than the banana pudding, Gail. <laughs> it feels like it's reenacting Pinocchio. If you get what I'm saying. Hey, banana pudding, if you can hear me, light a match in there. <laughs> Everyone put on your poncho. The food's trying to escape again. She's going to blow. Oh, okay. my God. So, so then we go to the judge's table, and Tom's like, whoa. You guys, wow, that food. Whoa, remember when I made a fish? So, guys, mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, you were served up some curveballs, and uh, it was delicious. <laughs> what were their curveballs? Cook whatever you want with some really talented help yeah. with premium ingredients from Whole Foods. <laughs> like, what? Exactly? Uh, and so, so Pam was like, how did you come up with, the, with your first dish, Joe? <laughs> He's like, I just thought of things that sound like grandma and uh, made that. Uh, <laughs> He's like, you know, it really is hard to make salmon gelatin look sexy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did it. And Gail's like, I'm pretty sure that was better than the original. <laughs> and she goes, oh, my God, Adrian, that first course of yours was the best thing I had all season. That should go on the menu as is. Please don't touch it. She's like, oh, thank you. No, not you, Gail. Please. Don't touch it, Gail. Gail. <laughs> yes, it counts if your fingernail is touching it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't touch it, Gail. Please. Please. Okay. All right. <laughs> Can really... we get... <laughs> is that gondola here already? <laughs> <laughs> clang, clang, clang goes the gondola. Bye, Gail. <laughs> Bye, Gail. <laughs> Yeah, we put a we put a chocolate lava cake in there for you. There's no chocolate lava cake. Did you know that. that chocolate lava cake was originally just a cake that Gail couldn't wait to finish cooking? <laughs> Gail, there's a Sunday at the bottom of the mountain for you. Just hurry up. They used to call it a binging Gail cake. <laughs> they had to change the name. <laughs> they say that the chef who first made it looked at it and said, "Oh, well, I really gailed this up." <laughs> So where did something that Tom's been saying a lot, it's now a nervous tick of his, and I really don't like it. He goes, you know, that really ate well. That really ate well. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you're making that up, and I can see where it's coming from. I get the root. I get the Latin root. It's like when they say that was a good cook. Mm-hmm. Like cook like a noun. Like cook is only a noun when it's talking about a person, but like good cook today. Good cook today. Yeah, well, that ate well. <laughs> That it will. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> don't like it. So um, they feel like Adrian's. Oh, you know what? Was Adrian's second course was the grits, the famous grits, and they oh, liked yes. it. They liked that was a little grits. dry. They just felt like it needed more grits. Yeah, it didn't look like grits either. It looked like risotto or something. But you know. But then Gail. Oh, so then Gail starts Everything. talking. Gail starts talking about Joe Flam's second dish. She goes, "Here's the second dish that I will never forget." She's like, "As soon as you said it was like River Rocks, I'm like, that's not something you should want to eat." But then. I just wanted to eat it. I just like you just cut to Pam and be like, "Oh, are, who are you kidding, Gail? Of course you want to eat River Rocks." We know, Gail. Colorado thinks there's an ecological disaster going on every time you walk outside. Please stop eating the scenery, Gail. Gail, 
You're wearing a T-shirt that says "I heart algae." <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> Gail would have been here sooner, but she took forever to get up that hill. She was eating rocks. <laughs> she kept on tasting all the moss. <laughs> Well, I guess now would be a good time to mention we love Gail Simmons. We don't think she's fat. We don't think she's any of these things. We we love Padma too. We just pretend. She was tasting the moss. We just pretend that this is what Padma and Gail's relationship is. That is gold right there. So uh, uh, the idea of this dish was uh, it was mind blowing. Well, it ate well. Yeah. It ate well. There he goes again with that. And Joe's like, well. The first dish I ever took over was pig head risotto. (laughs) I don't know. Why do you find a fancy way to say everything else? You know, they find a fucking fancy way to say everything, but then they purposely say pig head on purpose. Yeah. Why don't they have like a a French term for it or like a a Flemish term, like a, like a Cote de de Fleur. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Cote de Fleur. I think think that's a Febreze flavor. Now it's the third ra- third now the third dish. And now this is where Tom is mad about the the broken beans, the faux broken beans. And he's like, that's when he says what you said before, where he was like, Yeah, but you know what? Uh, if you break the beans, that's a sign of being a bad chef. So that's but you don't have to break the beans, you can do good beans. Yeah. But I think what she was going for is the fact that, yeah, a good chef does not break the beans, but the beans get broken so often that it actually becomes the character of the dish, right? That's what she's trying to go for. I wouldn't know because I haven't had enough black-eyed peas. She was just saying that when black-eyed peas are done, there's a bunch of broken... Like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Well, actually, no, they care. The reason why they care is because since hers did not break from being overcooked, they just... She she mashed them so they were dry and they were dry as a result. It was just a dumb I think idea. It was a dumb, mash dumb idea. Yeah. It was a dumb idea. How did not? So, how did she not finish her beans anyway? I mean banana pudding. So I just can't get over. Okay. Yeah. She did finish them, didn't she? Um. Well, I think she, she over. I think she. Oh well, she didn't have time, I guess, to cook them because they take know. a long time to cook. I don't know. But I thought maybe cooking. it was reheating them that made them dry. I yeah, don't know because I, I mean it was. We were watching it live, so we couldn't press stop. Yeah. So it was one of those where you're just stuck with what you got yeah. in your notes. Like, yeah, there's exactly. no going back to check. Not that I do anyway, ever. What were you guys thinking when you came up with these awful desserts? <sighs> Banana pudding, eh? <laughs> so um, they move on to desserts, and Gail's like, Graham, of course, loved cake. I mean, it's Graham. Yeah. And then Gail's like, yes, it was quite successful. I would just say that the ricotta weighed it down. Really? Because that's what the TripAdvisor about, review about you says, Gail. Guess who else Ricotta weighs down? Gail. Gail, you should have seen the cables on the gondola line. So <laughs> Padma's like, you know, what's funny is that we have two desserts. Good desserts with bad names. I mean, it's like a band with a bad name. It's, you're knocking it around it. I mean, like, what if Aerosmith was called the Gales, right? <laughs> <laughs> who would listen to that? What if Bono had come up with a band called You Gale? <laughs> Gale too. <laughs> the Rolling Gales? I don't think so. Gale Gale H. Pounder. Not an artist <laughs> that anybody really wants to listen to. Gale the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> Missy Gelliot. <laughs> Nickel Gale. <laughs> Barry Galenolo. Hootie and the Blow Gale. <laughs> Um, the Gail, Gail Matthews. Did you already Gail say Matthews that? Band. <laughs> the Gail Matthews Band. 
People have been to see them 21 times, but they couldn't remember because they kept eating the numbers off the top of the cake. <laughs> the Gail Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Gail of Bass. And Katie Gallery. <laughs> Galilee Vanilli. <laughs> Galilee Vanilli. Galilee. You know, I don't know that many va- that many bands. It's hard to think of them on the spot. I'm like really blanking right now. You guys, that's why I quit improv. Bon Galvi. (laughs) Come up with 75 names for rain. I'm like, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm going to go home now. Okay, so then Graham's like, yeah, like, Hoba Gale. Hoba Stank Gale. Yeah, like Hoba Stank. He's like, yeah, a a band with like a terrible name. Like, Hoba Stank. And you know, Gale was like, I love Hoba Stank. (laughs) I know. Uh, so then Tom takes over <laughs> the crazy like, train. Hoobastank, we're not talking about Gail right now. <laughs> so then Tom Gail-ba-stank. jumps in on whatever the fuck they're doing in Tom, his drug session. Tom officially has altitude doing. sickness at this point because I don't even. I know what you're about to say. Go. Because Tom goes, you know, like they say, knock, knock. Who's oh, there? Who's there? Uh, knock, knock. Who's, who's there? there? Knock, knock. <laughs> who's, who's there? there? He goes, Yuzu. No, no. He goes, he goes, knock, knock. Who's there? Banana. Oh, knock, knock. Who's there? Uzu. Everyone's like, ha, ha. You see, even said your way, I don't know what it means. So it's like, well, isn't it supposed to be like, knock, knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Banana. Like, it shouldn't have been like, Uzu. Like, it doesn't make sense. He, he aborted, he, he aborted his banana joke and started an Uzu one. You know what? That it figures that there would be an abortion during a banana pudding segment. I think it was like, oh, guess what? There's too much banana. Oh, no. Is it Uzu? Is it about bananas? About I don't know. If you can buy the dessert in a cup in the Ralph's pudding aisle, (laughs) you shouldn't be able to win. No. And guess what? I don't know that she will, because the judges are alone. And Tom's like, whoa, you know that uh, the first thing, the first thing he made. It was like a new author created the first chapter in a new book. Like, wow. <laughs> it's a great book. I love the book. Book on tape. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Those beans, those are broken beans. And did you notice they were like, yeah, but even though the beans were broken, the rest of the dish was delicious. It was really, really delicious. And he was like, mm, broken beans, mm, broken beans. Yeah, there are, some he can't, there are some things he can't get past. He, gets, he really does get stuck on things. Yeah. And he also seems to kind of find one that he really likes. And there's there's something egotistical about him just running Top Chef or Last Chance Kitchen just by himself. because that's his sh- that's his show yeah so he like takes ownership it's like the voice or whatever where he's like I was the one who mentored him back and that's why he's here and that's why Kristen won too you know it's like always his yeah so Padma liked the textures in Adrian's dessert um, but they all seem to really love Joe's cake which Fatima made by the way. Like five times. But five, she did it until she, she got did. it right, too. So you go, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Gail is like, the sheer beauty of Joe's hand-rolled pasta was perfection. We know, Gail. <laughs> Gail, get those pebbles out of your mouth. They weren't real river stones. That's the same thing you said about that Snickers bar named Rebel you ate this morning, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's so, see here. So the, that, end, the whole cast comes in because this show is too cheap to even fly in their families anymore. It's yeah. just like, well, they're on hey, top of a mountain. Well, that's true. It's but Aspen. they brought everybody to Hawaii last time. They that's got true. gondolas. 
They're, well, they clearly like lost some budget because they didn't get to travel internationally and they didn't get to like change. Like they just stayed in Colorado the whole season. Yeah. So uh, Tom's like, well, you know, uh, when these things happen, you know, uh, better chefs like some chefs just cook, but better chefs go on a journey and then you're on that journey. And then all of a sudden you realize it's time to start a new one. You're starting a new journey and they cut to the chefs and you just see Tanya just like rolling her eyes like, get me the fuck back to Oakland. I'm sick of being on this show. No it's kidding. full of bullshit. Since when did I turn on The Bachelor? It's like, you know, <laughs> just put your walls down, go on a journey and then you go on another one when you get dumped after that journey. And look at me, 35 mm-hmm. years, still on the journey. Yeah, I'm still reaching. Yeah. Uh, I remember like, would I do this again? I remember, uh, Back in the day, like 30 years ago, I was working at a restaurant called Mondrian, and I got three stars, and just my career took off after that. And I still do Top Chef. It's like, great, Tom. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I wear flip-flops in the morning. <laughs> Lucky win. <laughs> I remember I read one article that was like, Tom shows up in flip-flops and Padma stoned all day. And I was yeah. like, that's why these two will be hosts I forever. Um, so let's see. I wrote... I'm still reaching after 35 years. And Padma says, you can say that again. (laughs) (laughs) So Padma's like, well, of course, in our minds, you should all be winners. But there can only be one. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. You should sell cars, Padma. You're really really getting into this. And then she'd like make some wait and wait and wait. And you hear Gail's stomach growl. It's like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that the gondola here? Oh, no, it's just Gail. I don't know if it's rush hour or Gail's stomach trying to digest. <laughs> so finally she goes, Joe Flam, you are top chef. Congratulations, Joe. You've won some scratch and sniffs from the power lottery. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Here, talk to Gail. And I love that it's not live, but Padma is still just Padma. And they're like, fuck it. Let's not even re-record it. Because she's like, it's furnished by San Pelotino. <laughs> she's like, San Pelotino. You've also won $125,000 furnished by San Pelotino and the Glab bag of trash cans. The Glab family of trash cans. You're going to be appearing in the Boot and Bind Festival. <laughs> <laughs> furnished by Coyota. <laughs> they're, like, they're just sitting there waiting for their prizes to come and they never do. The Terlanti family of wines presents you with a hundred and fifty dollars of money. A BMU. Congratulations, you've won your own BMU. They're like, well, where's my car? You couldn't Google and I'm the dumb one? Ah, 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 ah. Join us next season where we take Top Chef to Bebtucky. <laughs> Padma. Padma's just not committing to anything. Uh, and that brings us to the end of, of another chef. season of Top L Chef. So An hour fun. 17, we're sick. We're sick, sick men. So let's, end, let's, let's do it. Okay, now it's time for Crap and Mad Bag. So pretend the music's going ding. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> 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 um, I've got a really good role in this one. Allison King says, speaking of bread makers, <laughs> 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 any other miraculous appliances we should know about? I'm getting very into my air fryer. I have an instant pot, but I'm still getting used to it. Do you think of any of the housewives have a bread maker? I'm sure they all have bread makers, even though they never use them. No. A housewife doesn't. A real housewife on Bravo? They don't use it. It's just, I'm sure they have it. Oh, Lord. Um, Appliances. It's a good time to be asking about appliances since I'm currently beginning my Tom Colicchio journey with my KitchenAid mixer. 
Um, oh, so- I have to say my favorite. Well, first off, I need to know about this air fryer. I bought my mom an air fryer for Christmas last year. And she acted like it was the first thing that I'd ever done for her in her life. <laughs> She's like, what? An air fryer? I bet they're good. Yeah, she was just so impressed that I got it. I don't know why. But maybe it's because I usually give her like a gift certificate yeah. <laughs> to a movie or something. But she was like, wow. But she didn't really get into it. Um, she fries a lot. And she was just like, eh, it takes forever. It's not really the same. We have to work on it. We'll practice when you come home. And then I never really do. Yeah, I feel like an air fryer seems cool. And, you know, like I talked to some people who have one who said, yeah, no, it really works. You make some really good fries and everything. But I also feel like it's one of those things that then just sort of gets put away. Um, we well, have to fry a lot, and it's a huge thing to just make some fries in every once in a while. Yeah, I, I never fry, so I, I just don't want to go down that path. Like, it's like the one area of cooking where I'm just like, if I start teaching myself how to really like fry, and I oh like, really don't fry chicken or anything. No, because it's it's oh like unhealthy. God. Because I mean, I know you, you can yeah, still be unhealthy. unhealthy with, yeah, but. I mean, I've fried before. Didn't you fry during the southern season of Top Chef? Didn't we talk about that? No. When I became obsessed I've with only, fried I've chicken? O- I've only deep fried like maybe three times ever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because, first of all, I also don't know what to do with all the oil when, once you're done with it. You have to save the big plastic thing it comes in and throw it away. Unless you fry every day. Like, you're supposed yeah. to filter it and then the next day fry something else before it goes bad and just keep using it. Yeah, but, I, I mean, then you're eating fried shit every day. Yeah, I mean, which that's I do thing. anyway, you, so for me. You, it's it's like, I just feel like knowing me, if I start to become good at frying, I'm going to fry a lot. And I don't want to go yeah. down that path. That's a good, I mean, that's you a know, good You know, I, I actually do it, I, I have purpose, purposely not really taught myself how to fry, so that way I just don't start make, making bad It's too much work for me. me. Like, I was, I got it's really obsessed with fried chicken in the southern, uh, the southern season of Top Chef. I got really obsessed. I would with like that. to and learn I how to really fry got chicken. good with fried chicken. And I would I like finally to perfected it. it, like in my mind, perfected it, and it was delicious. And then I was done because mm-hmm. I get so obsessed with things that I eat it so much that I'm yeah. like so done with it by the time I like I don't ever need to see a macaron again. Yeah. It took me forever to perfect that shit. Now I'm done with them. I'm like, fuck you, little fucking cookie, <laughs> little fucking. Fuckers. And I feel like the week after I perfected them, they started selling them at Costco for like so cheap, and they're perfect. They're great. Yeah. So do, um, when you fry chicken, do you deep fry your chicken or do you do like a um, like a pan fry? Like not a pan fry, because like I always assumed that that fried chicken always had fry. to be like a deep deep fry. And then I was um, talking to some people who well, are from they, the south. Turn it up, you know, turn it over. Right, there are some people from, I was talking to from the south where they're like, no, you don't. You only need like like two inches, and then it's just like you rotate it in the in the in the oil. But you do a deep fry. I do, yeah. But so that's like I a lot of oil. What do you, what do you deep fry it, it I like in? To do, um, do you have a deep fryer or do you just put it in like a stock pot? Like, like a Well, like I a use thing. Um, like yeah. a Dutch oven. What's that black thing? Dutch oven? No. Skillet? No. Cast iron skillet. Yeah. I use my deep cast iron skillet and then I use um, but that, boneless but chicken, deep, which but is a, cheating, a, I guess. But that's how I like it. But a cast iron skillet's going to be a pan. That's, that's not a deep fry because deep fry you need to have like... No, but I use boneless chicken, so it's thin. So oh. when you put when you coat it and everything, you have to make sure the oil's a certain temperature or whatever. Right. But you put it in how much? Like like this much oil? It covers it. Yeah. And I then still I still like flip that. it. I still flip it in I, the, I feel like that's a pan fry. 
It is. I mean, yeah. te- technically, not, it is. I feel like a deep fry is. But a true pan pot, fry is usually pot. like half. Like you do the bottom half and then you flip it over and right. do that. And there's like a certain thing. The other thing that I gets me nervous about deep frying is, well, I mean, I know like, so I know you have to keep the temperature a certain heat because um, to make it has to be at a certain heat, and on top of that. You can't put too much in at once because you'll lower the heat of that of that oil at once. Right, and the chicken um, has to cook at the exact right temperature, or it won't come out right. Yeah, and I feel like that's tricky. And then, um, is it that the chicken rise floats to the top? Is that what happens in a, in a true deep fry? It's like it goes the for like what? 13 minutes. Does it float to the top, or is that a different thing? Is that like donuts? It's like pasta. <laughs> I thought there was a thing that like when that's chicken like is yolky. ready, it starts to float up. I don't think so, but maybe it's because I'm frying in a shallow. I haven't I haven't researched it a lot, but it, all that think, stuff makes me nervous. Well, everything I think when it's ready starts floating on the top because I remember <laughs> working at the bowling alley as the fry cook. I was like the oh. the snack bar chef, so I was like the king of frying everything. And yeah, everything floats on the top when it's done. If that's true, that's a great great thing. I love that a nice visual indicator. Like you know, after well, all these years, chicken little... chicken is still a thing where I'm like, is it done? Is it ready? I never really ever knew. Yeah, there's a lot of meat thermometering, which I didn't like. And mm-hmm. also like oil thermometering. I don't it's yeah. just too much. I also don't I'm um I sometimes have issues with sausage, uh, in terms of not knowing when it's ready. Like if I'm grilling a sausage I'll pretty much know because at a certain point, like it's just like dark and you just are like, it's firm. But I was actually roasting sausages two nights ago and I was like, they've been roasting at 400 for about 25 minutes. And I I was like, I don't think these sausages are done after 25 minutes. And so I let them go for like another 10 minutes and then they were so dry. So they probably were done at 25 minutes, but like. Don't you have a meat thermometer? I do, but. I find that thermometers are also unreliable because I stick them in the wrong places and stuff. Oh, just put it down to the middle of the meat and know, get one of the digital ones so you can no, see I right know, away. No, I know, but it's just like, I don't know. I hate them. I mean, I hate having to do anything like that when I'm cooking because I like it to be just like free, artful, blah. That's why but I like Frankly, it doesn't taste good most. when you always do it like yeah. that, you know, or you'll kill yourself with meat poisoning. Yeah. I really don't like meats that much. I don't like cooking them. I don't ever enjoy them. Um, I, well, when they're done right, it's nice, but it's just, it's just annoying with, well, the, the other issue that I'm really having is that I have not been able to figure out my oven because I've moved into my place in November. It's gas, right? Yeah. But like there's something it develops. It's not just hot spots. It like has these hot pockets, hot pockets. And so like, I don't know where, I don't know where, like things seem to cook get either overcooked in there or they're not done. And I'm like, why is this not done yet? And like, I I cannot understand my old oven. I put it in. I'd see what make well, sure the temperature was right, and it would just like work perfectly. But this one, I, I can't remember when you it were out. telling me about wanting gas. Like that was one of your things. That was one of your must haves in this apartment was having gas appliances, and I totally get that because electric is a huge. I don't know. There's something like gross about not gross, but I got it. You can't like I got what you're much, saying. Yeah. But I remember saying like gas smells like the gas burners will go out and I come home and it just stinks in there. And there's like downsides to it. And that's but, one of the things is uneven fucking. It makes me crazy with my oven. But also I have like a 1920s oven. So I wonder yeah. if that's why. But like mine's when, new. That macaron thing. It took me forever to learn the proper temperature. And yeah. it's different. For I also think I've thing. got like a fucked up oven thermometer. Like I bought one off of Amazon and it'll say, oh, it's the temperature is like 400. And you're looking like, how could it be? I've set it now at 420. It's still saying 400. And then all of a sudden 
the the thing will like spring forward to like 415 out of nowhere almost as if it was like it was caught on something and then it bounces forward so i'm like oh wait a second so i don't i don't even trust my oven thermometer so i just i wish there was like someone who could come in and diagnose the oven and be like okay this is how it is or maybe i just have to get like four different oven thermometers and like i don't know what i don't know what it, i don't know well it's also you can't open your oven you can't but then there's also i feel like once you put in a tray in there or like a sheet I think that also affects it because once you put a sheet, it, it affects how the heat circulates in there. You oh, know? yeah, that's true. And so I think my oven is really susceptible to all sorts of weirdness once you start putting sheets Well, this in. all leads us back to an actual answer to your question. My most miraculous <laughs> kitchen appliance is that fucking toaster oven I bought on Amazon Prime like three mm-hmm. years ago. Remember? Yeah. I bought it right on the show. It's the best thing I ever did. It's reliable. I know, it's everyone, reliable. Everyone should have a toaster I know oven. The, I know the exact temperature I need to make things. I don't, I don't have to make a ton. It doesn't heat up my whole house in the summer. I can actually still cook stuff in the summer. And that's like the best, most reliable thing ever. Like the KitchenAid, love it. Great. But mm-hmm. it's heavy and I don't like getting it up and down. I'm very lazy. Oh, mine just sits permanently on the counter. Yeah, um, my favorite. And then like a little Nutribullet type blender yeah. where I can make easy salad used, dressings and stuff. I used to have a um, I used to have a magic bullet for years and years and years. I was a magic bullet loyalist. But then once I got the Vitamix, I was like, I spent this much money on a Vitamix. I want to convert all my blending to Vitamix. Uh-huh. So now I've gotten the small thing so I can do small batches. There are definitely times where I miss my magic bullet, but it was also like dead. Well, I just have both because the little one, that's like you throw some PB2 and some cilantro and honey and Put a few little things you get a nice soy sauce yeah and some ginger and you've got like Something a really perfect quick. thing yeah you know yeah um and then the instapot uh i really like it i think there is a learning curve with it but i i like it i think some things i've made in it that have been absolutely delicious and some stuff has only been okay but i think it's all about i think i would like that more if i actually wanted to eat meat more at home I really don't it's like really it. It's really good for stews and braises. Yeah. Actually, and if you like beans, it's great because you can put dried beans in there and they don't have to soak overnight. That you can have you can go from well, dried I don't even make to beans cooked. anymore. I used to I do all that them. shit. I used to make all my own beans or, you know, not I grow them obviously, but I used to like make them and go through all of that and yeah. then someone was like, "Why don't you just buy the fucking beans, you idiots, a dollar?" And I said, "Because the PPA and the th- they're like you chain smoke." You drink Diet Coke all day, yeah. and you're going to seriously complain about BPA? Yeah. Like, no one even... Just shut up. And I yeah. get the BPA-free, obviously. Everywhere. Yeah, I haven't... Um, I have not cooked beans for myself in a while. I mean, I like garbanzo beans, but I, don't, I haven't cooked beans for myself in a while. Or I haven't made a lentil dish in a while. You know what I hate? I once was... Um, I once made lentils, and I found, like, a few little stones in oh, there. Oh, I hate that. I'm like, it makes me not want to ever have them again. Well, it's like olives. I almost broke my fucking tooth off the other day from an olive seed. And that was from Whole Foods. I almost went, marched like down there Gary and threatened Kucinich. the soup. Gary Kucinich broke his tooth in like the, in like the capital, like the dining hall at the, the capital. Or like, and he, he sued. Or he wanted he to sue like the cafeteria. And then everyone was like, you pussy. But the truth is like. Yeah, that's true. Get that shit out of my food. I'm not, I'm trusting yeah. you. You can't just give me a rock in my food. Yeah, I, I think it just was a bad look for have like a senator or a congressman well, a um, suing the government over an Ogers. outfit. Um, but you know what's not a you know what's not a bad look? Houston. Dun dun dun. Well done dun dun. Should we change the Trapper's Mailbag song? Should we have a more catchy song? We've had that weird ass song for years now, but 
Yeah, maybe, maybe we we'll get on like a creative role and just create a bunch of new songs. Let's do it like a new Crabbin's Mad Bag song because that song dun, like doesn't make dun, any dun, sense. Dun, dun, it has like dun, a dinosaur dun, dun, and a sheep. Dun, dun, it makes no sense. We can just make it more like fun. That's there it is, everyone. We got it. And scene. Everybody, thanks so much for being with us today. What an odd hour and a half Top Chef episode. So fun doing it. So fun. Fun being in the same room as you. I'm glad I've gotten... Like, I'm acting you like have, Bueller I've, on your I've bed. sat in the same position for <laughs> 90 minutes, and you have moved all around. You are like... You look like... Um, What's-her-face at the end of Poltergeist going up on the ceiling. I'm acting like Bueller Joanne, right now. Like half my body's off the bed. This is what Bueller will do. He'll be like... <laughs> what was the name of that lady again? From Poltergeist. I gotta look it up now. The one who's like, Poltergeist. I want to say, no, it's Joe Beth Williams. I think is it Joe Beth Williams? I hurt my back. I don't do anything. Joe Beth Williams. You're like Joe know. Beth Williams, the Poltergeist. What? Nailed it. She died. Um, guys, Joe Beth Williams didn't die. I'm so sorry. She's alive. Uh, everybody, thanks so much for being here. We'll see you tomorrow night, and for the rest of you, we will see you next week. Oh, suckers! Bye, Love everyone. You.